What's up, you Media family? Vladimir Prognevsky here, and welcome to episode number 32 of the Media podcast, where I serve our Media family with weekly interviews from highly creative people. And today's guest is Brian Takish. He's a talented motion design artist working as a lead motion designer at Already Been Chewed Studios in Dallas, Texas. And if you watch Dude Perfect on YouTube, then you've definitely seen some of Brian's beautiful work. Brian, welcome to the show. Feel free to fill in the gaps from the intro and... Tell us a little about your personal life. Hey, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, it's uh, I've been a motion designer for about 11 years now. Um, wow. Yeah, first started out using After Effects and then slowly made the steps and shifts as necessary throughout the field and career so far from After Effects 2D into 3D. And uh, I feel like that's a uh, natural evolution for a lot of 3D artists out there, they'll start with, you know, Adobe products and whatnot, and they'll, they'll see what's possible in 3D and then not like leave, you know, After Effects behind, but, and like, you know, other Adobe products or whatever products you use, but then combining that with 3D and just like, it opens Mm -hmm. up so many doors once you, once you get to that threshold. Mm. You know, what's interesting. I was doing a little research on you before, you know, before the interview and something got my attention. I was looking through the places you worked at and my twin brother, Sergey used to work in Birmingham, Alabama. It was his first full-time job. He worked for uh, Vazda Studios. And uh, I saw that you also worked there. What year did you work there? Oh, yeah. I was there for two years. I went to school and worked in the motion field in Pittsburgh for about eight years. And then I moved down to Birmingham for work at Vazda Studios. I saw that they were looking for motion designers there. And uh I was there between 2012 to 2014. Have you ever heard of Sergey Proknevsky? Does that name sound familiar at all? Because I, I believe you Sergey know, worked there the year 2012-ish, somewhere in that. No? It sounds, it does sound familiar. I remember, I do remember the head guy, the president of the place, uh, Randy, he would bring up Sergey. Like he would, oh, uh, whenever, wow. when, I think whenever it got into, we got like really crushed with like work and I remember him mentioning that name for freelancer, like picking up some of the uh, workload that was just like spilling over. That's pretty cool. Such a small world. And I remember <laughs> Randy. Randy. Sergey was telling me about Randy. He loves Randy. Randy's the one who hired him and they still stay in touch to this day. But anyway, when I was looking through, I even contacted Sergey. I was like, man, what a small world, man. This guy worked at the same place. I mean, what are the chances? Vazda Studios. I don't think it was a big shop, but anyway. No, no, it's just... It's just a, a small ragtag team, you know, very talented team that just, you know, it's, uh, I remember I was really impressed with like their facilities. Like they had, the, you know, separate, I've been there. they had like suites. Yeah, I, I really liked it. I really liked their, their setup with the, uh, the different rooms and suites that you had. And then down the hall was the audio guy, which where I met a very talented sound designer that I continue to work with uh, to this day on uh, projects ranging from personal projects to actual, you know, paid projects. No, that's pretty cool. I remember it was like a two-story building upstairs. There was some kind of agency or something like that. I can't remember exactly all the details, but I remember I, I went there to Birmingham, Alabama. It was like downtown Birmingham. And I remember the, the guy at the front desk was really funny. He was like a wanting to do, be a comedian or something like that. But anyway. Nick, yeah. Nick, yes. It, it's such a small <laughs> world, man. Anyway, this is pretty cool. It was great because, it, yeah, he would, uh, we'd always go to his uh, stand-ups. Yes, yes. I remember Sergey yeah. talked a lot about him. Wow. That's wow. wild. That's crazy. Yeah. I had no idea. Chances. 
Yeah. Such a small <laughs> world, man. Well, listen, let's transition. Let's let's start from the very beginning, man. I want to know how you started in motion design from day one, man. Walk us through that. Yeah, I graduated with a degree in uh, cinema and digital arts out of Pittsburgh. And then right out of school, actually, before I uh, graduated, I was working part-time in the motion design field as uh, mainly doing After Effects work. Uh, that's when I was uh, picking up After Effects. And then, uh, you know, I took a couple courses in school for, they are called, uh, the courses were called Digital Tools. But they just touched on the very basics of it. It's just kind of like to get your feet wet. They didn't have anything 3D or anything like that. And it was mainly for like film, like editing, cinematography and whatnot. But uh, as soon as I took my first digital tools class, I think it was my second year there, I was like, this is this is definitely the direction I want to go. I Because, I, you know, before, you know, throughout, I was taking cinematography where it's like very hands-on and you're like lighting scenes and sets and, you know, doing location scouting and all that stuff. But it's just, uh, I really gravitated towards digital tools, even though it was just like a little, you know, uh, getting your feet wet. I, I took all the courses I could. I just ate it up and just got, I was just really thirsty for that, uh, for like the post-production VFX and stuff like that. And then after I graduated, I uh, started full-time and uh, uh, at, at a job and I got, I got that gig. It was, a, it was a small gig, but I was there and I got the job because I was sitting up all like different like advisors and stuff. And the, one of the professors at the time was leaving his professing job to go and work at this uh, same little small studio. And I was just like asking him every day if they, they didn't have any like motion designers at the time or anyone who had any interest or was looking for motion design. So I was like one of the first people to like jump through the door and I just became like the motion design guy there. And, uh, and it, at first, it's just After Effects. It's just, uh, you know, After Effects, Photoshop, Illustrator, mainly After Effects. And then throughout there, I, I noticed that my my role started to shift from, uh, it, it was like half motion design, half editorial. So it started to shift from that half and half to full motion design. And then throughout that course, it's like we needed to, you know, up our game more and more. So that's when uh, the 3D aspect came in. And then I found my role shifting even more into just like being a CG artist. And it, it was still very early on. And, you know, I was, I was still like, you know, learning things here and there, just scouring the internet and staying up to like, you know, three in the morning, just like learning hmm. all I could about 3D because I felt like at that point, I kind of like put 2D and like After Effects on the back burner, but still had it in my back pocket. And then I'd come back to it later for like, you know, compositing or doing like, uh, you know, just a lot of like VFX work, right. like kicking out passes and multi-passes and comping them on top of each other. And then, and then from that, I was there for about four years doing just uh, various client work through the studio. And then uh, I would, was just searching and I saw that uh, Baza Studios, like at that time, like, the company, I just had like uh, vibes of things weren't going so well. So I started, you know, putting my feelers out there and, and checking around. And that's where I found a link on Motionographer that the Vaza Studios has posted. And I uh, hit them up and it's really funny because like usually you have to, you, you wait like maybe a day or two for them to get back to you, but they're like back to me like instantly they're like oh yeah wow cool we'll, we'll fly you out here and we'll put you up and you know you come check out the studio and the facilities and stuff like that 
and like I said, I was, re I was really impressed with like their, their setup and uh, everyone was there was like so awesome. So kind just from the get go. And, uh, and yeah, I, uh, I, I flew there after my, after being in Pittsburgh for so long, I just, you know, took the leap and finally flew out, went, you know, down South. And it's like, it's like a big, it's a huge change for me because as I uh, grew up, lived and went to school in the Pittsburgh area. And then I just like flew out and, uh, just started working for them. I'm sure that was quite a culture shock, right? It was. Yeah. 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 Temperature, everything, like the whole nine yards, really. I remember when I was in Birmingham, it was so humid. I remember it was so hot outside. Like I took my shirt off and I, st I was still like burning off. Like I didn't know how to cool down. It was definitely, yeah. it, it was, I'll never forget that. And it's interesting because <laughs> you're describing your journey. I thought it was interesting that Sergey had the same thing. I think he, he found a link on motionography, the same thing he applied they flew him in he got the tour of the facilities and anyway it was kind of cool how the journey is is so similar to what sergey how, had to how go that happens yeah yeah and so now you're you're in texas how did that come about uh well i was in uh boston for about two years and then you know i'm i was always a you know like an internet vimeo junkie i'm always on vimeo behance and then you know i just like looking through you know, all the different work. And I, I remember seeing already been chewed would pop up, you know, my Vimeo feed of different things like people would like, like certain uh, things. And, you know, the work was, was great. And I just saw that, um, you know, being scouring the internet, like on a daily basis, because I'm just like on it all the time. I saw that they had also posted on motionographer like four years ago and looking for a motion designer. And so I hit them up and I uh, started freelancing with them first. And they were, uh, I mean, it's just like a really good relationship just uh, right off the bat. Like you just with like the first freelance gig, you know, it's just very like working on it uh, stuff uh, between my full-time job and just like working with them on, you know, client-based projects. And they really liked what I did and the stuff I was doing. And so they, uh, after the freelance uh, freelancing and, with them for a while they flew me out there and i met everyone at the studio and is uh you know just like a a really small talented team and after i flew back i got the offer and i was like yeah let's do it i'm, <laughs> nice. I'm down there <laughs> and the rest is history and you're producing the beautiful is, work and it's amazing <laughs> it's it's really cool because I, I there's just amazing amazing uh work and opportunities that come through there and you get to really dig in and you know you get the chance to just like unleash you know if you want to like staying in with like your guidelines and the concept and the brief and all that stuff but just like really really dig in and you know really push yourself and do like the best work you possibly can within the given time frame and then you know after being there for uh, a year and a half two years i was uh became from, as first hired as a motion designer and now am the uh, lead motion designer. Mm, nice. Congrats. Moving on up, Thanks, right? Thanks, man. <laughs> I want to circle back to, to something, you know, it's, I think Randy, right? Is his name, the guy that was in, uh, at Vazda, the, the big yeah. boss. You sharing this story, I just thought it, it's, it's such a small world. This motion graphics world is so, so small and you never know when you're going to cross paths again. And I thought it was interesting, something Randy told Sergey before, before he left. He said, don't worry, Sergey, we'll, we'll cross this motion graphics world or this media world is so small. It's like, we'll cross paths again. And it's so true. It's so true. I mean, this is a great <laughs> example that here's a small world. You worked uh, yeah. at Fazda. It's a small shop that not many people know about, but yet yeah. there's the connection between you and Sergey. 
so cool, man. This is, I can't wait this is to tell Sergey. I can't believe it. Yeah. It's, uh, it's very, very awesome and wild to hear things like that, that just like come together, like people just so far away, but at the same time, so close. This is so cool. Now let's transition to something, to something a little negative. I want you to okay. tell us your darkest moment in your life. I want you to tell us a story of your worst moment in your creative journey, man. Don't hold back. Dive right in, man. Oh, geez. Uh, let's, see. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's relive it together, man. I, I don't know. I mean, there's, I, I feel like I've been blessed, like going from, uh, with my career, like going from like, you know, you get those vibes and that, you know, that spider sense, like something. And so, you know, it's just like, I, I felt like I've always moved in the right direction. Hopefully. I don't know. Let's see. Um, ah, if I, it's probably, probably when I was, uh, it's like, there's this weird transition period in between where in, uh, my last, uh, last year in the Pittsburgh area working for that small studio and going to, uh, moving to down to Birmingham and Boston, there's like that transition where it's just like, everything was very uncertain because, uh, you know, like the little tingly spider sense thing was going off where oh, yeah. I can you relate can to this. Tell, <laughs> you yeah. know something, you know, like something isn't going to last or something isn't. And then that, you know, you get it. You're like, I don't know if I should just start freelancing full time or if I should, you know, continue. So it's kind of like, you know, I don't know if I should start putting together like a really professional contract or if I should keep it like really casual. And, uh, you know, you try to weigh the decision between, you know, freelance and getting all that stuff like lined up and, or uh, do you want to, if, if it comes along, if there's like a good studio job, you would be happy at. And there, it was like a stretch of about, you know, three or four months where it's just very, uh, is, is really scary because you're not sure. Because at that point you're like, well, is this it? Is this, you know, should I try to go down a different path after, um, after you spent so much time in that field and, you know, got this knowledge base. Right. It almost seemed like a, a huge waste to do that. But it's one of those gigs I feel like, you know, if, if you're a freelancer not working remote, it's like there's only like two places that you have like two options. You have either go to like uh, move to LA or move to New York. Like one of those, like one of those big hubs. And I definitely didn't have any desire to move to either of those huge bustling city so it's like a big is a is a big moment because because you weren't sure like where the next thing was coming from i mean thankfully it never got to that point because uh you know i I would be uh, searching around the internet like forums and and motionographer and all that just keeping my eyes on things you know and doing research you know knowing like yeah that that seems like a, a a place i'd be happy at happy with because you don't want to be in like desperation i mean right. it's just a, it's a terrible place to be when you're looking for some place or you're you know and then also yeah. too if you're looking for like a full-time gig you have to pick up your entire life and then move it and it's just like do i want to do that where i'm not happy you know i'm not too i wouldn't be too uh too happy you know like you know here from moving all the way to a different part of the country you, you know, it's interesting. I I know some people are so happy just working one job all their lives, but I think it is wise to always have that finger on, on, on the pulse and looking, you know, I th- you just got to eliminate risk. And sometimes it's good to mm-hmm. always brush up your portfolio. It's good to have 
a plan B, C, you know, most people think that entrepreneurs are just these like risk takers and, you know, I'm an entrepreneur, but I don't like risks. I actually mm-hmm. I like to eliminate as much risk as possible. And so I always have a plan B and C. So I think as a full-timer, any full-timer, because you never know, you know, you're as good as your last performance, there's some kind of disagreement, something it happened to me. I was fired and nowhere to go, family of two, you know, bills and everything. So I think it is wise to always have a plan B and it's wise to always kind of have your eye in the future just in case, because you never know. Life sometimes can take a weird turn and you want to be prepared for that. So anyway. Right. Now let's transition to a positive story. <laughs> Share your <laughs> best project that you worked on to date. Oh man, there's been there's been a lot. We've been really busy, you know, really, really blessed to be like really uh, busy and working on like really awesome, awesome projects. I remember, you know, a couple years, like five years ago, it'd be awesome to get like one home run, one home run project that you're really happy with like a mm-hmm. year, you know, and now it's just like, I mean, it's just, it's great because we're working on some awesome projects, some really, you know, big brand names and, the briefs are awesome and they have a lot of flexibility and a lot of like um, uh, a lot of, a lot of creative control that comes, comes through the door. And then I'm not sure how much I should go into it, but uh, yeah, I mean, we just uh, finished uh, some really great stuff for Under Armour. Uh, we did this really cool awesome. spot. That's um, that really, really proud of the whole team. You know, we just killed it. They came to us, you know, pretty, um, they came, they came to us and they they're like we need this uh, live action interview cut with like cg um shots of a new shoe that they're releasing and it is like a lot of abstract stuff that would show off the features of the shoe and the new technology in it and we just i just feel like we crushed it i mean and it is a is a pretty quick turn uh turnaround time for that but i mean i feel like we just nailed it and uh and then there's like a bunch of other projects that were uh that were led up uh prior to that and we've just been really busy this year just with like a lot of a lot of uh really good projects uh you'll probably see uh coming out being like posted by already been chewed nice well let's i want to transition to something that i've never tried before i'm going to try it with you first i'm going to have like this quick q a round of just questions that i want to ask you and the first question is what is your favorite quote my favorite quote um it's really funny. Like, I wish I could uh, say it came from some meeting with someone or saying that or, you know, like, but I had one of those calendars that had quotes on it for every day of the year. And there, there's a lot of good ones in there, actually. But the one that stood out to me was, I, I think the, uh, it was the chairman and CEO of IBM. He said it and it, it was, uh, he said, would you like me to give you a formula for success? And he said, it's quite simple, really. Double your rate of failure. Mm. I just thought that was a really great and almost relieving quote because, you know, in this field, especially, you're you're just striving for perfection and trying to do it. A lot of times you might hit it, you know, on the first try. You you just like kill it and crush it. But this quote, I feel like it alleviated or, or made it less stressful, like it took weight off your shoulders knowing that even if you do fail, you don't get it on the first try, you're still going to have the knowledge of that failure to use to eventually succeed. And I, I thought that was uh, really cool. And it, it's almost, uh, 
it's it's comforting and i and i feel like it's it's really strong and true at the same time because even if you do fail you know it's not like you just have to um you know continue failing until you you get it you know but hopefully not too many times <laughs> no i love this what i love about this quote is that it gives you permission to fail and that's something that is because when you fail you learn a lot more than when you succeed and that's that's what's so beautiful about that quote now share one of your personal habits that contributes to your success um i uh like when i'm not working uh full time during the day i'm usually always like thinking of stuff you know just uh sometimes i'll just like try to find inspiration uh somewhere and try to apply that to some sort of like short or little project whether that project's like you know 10 seconds long or if it's 30 seconds or a minute long i'll you know keep a collection of notes and once the notes get to like a point where it's like okay i can do something with this then i might start doing shot lists and storyboards for like uh like self-initiated personal projects and i love doing that stuff because a lot of the time the ideas for short stories or uh, short animations will come from a really cool technique that I been meaning to learn or would like to brush up on or something I, I have no clue how to do, but I'd like to know how to do. And I'll, I'll actually build instead of just doing it, that technique and just doing that, that thing as trying to learn, I'll actually build a story around that technique. So I'll try to fit it into, so I'll take that technique and be like, all right, well, we'll branch out from there and actually make a project from that technique rather than just doing it. Because then you actually go through the steps and the workflow of actually implementing it into an actual project rather than just doing that technique and not knowing how you would actually use it in the real world. And that's helped tremendously. I've always done that. I always have like an itch uh, whenever I have that, that I feel compelled to, to do something. I always um, more often than not, that's where, it starts. It's just wanting to learn a new, new technique or, or method of doing stuff in a workflow. Now recommend an internet resource that you find helpful in either your work or personal life. Um, I would, I, there's so, there's so many resources out there just recently, you know, R20 is coming out with cinema. I'm a big cinema user. So hello Lux, uh, he just released a lot of good stuff for the new release. I know a lot of people are doing like a, a stuff for the new release because it's just huge with all the new stuff that's coming with it. But he, that's a good resource that I, I go to uh, as of recent. And But uh, most of my inspiration and, and resources come from just like following people on Vimeo. I'm a big Vimeo junkie and it's just like finding like you, you follow one person and then that person leads to another person and that, and then that leads to another, another creative, another studio that's doing all this amazing work. And then they all show up in your feed and you see what they're liking. Right. And it's just like, you know, it's just, I can't stress that enough because it's helped me a lot. It's just, uh, it's just like the Vimeo feed because at first the hardest part is knowing who to, who to follow, because that's, what's going to fill your feed, mm. you know, because if you follow the, the right people, you're going to see all, you know, the trendy stuff and all the, all the cool stuff. So I'd say like get on Vimeo and just like scour and do research for like, you know, CG animation or motion or whatever you're into and just follow all those people and just populate your feed because you're going to see some amazing stuff. And then you're, it's just going to give you ideas and you're going to want to, 
you're more than likely going to be like, oh man, how, how do you do that? Or how can I, like everything about that was so great. Like the compositing, the animation. And so that's the resource I use most is Vimeo. No, it is so true what you said. You know, you're the average of five people you spend the most time with. But same thing goes with videos, whatever. You're the average of what you're uh, exposed your eye to, you know? And if you're you're following some great artists, it's to me, it's not any different than spending time with them because you get to see their best work. And same thing with podcasts, you know, when you're on the go. That's why I have this podcast because you get to hang out with, with a different artist every time. You know, you get to hear their journey. You get to learn from them. It's kind of like you get to hang out with a person and, and learn from their mistakes. It's all awesome. And now let's transition yeah. to recommend a book and uh, that you like and share why. A book. I read a lot of uh, sci-fi fantasy books. I honestly can't get to sleep at night unless I have a book, whether I'm just like oh, really? reading. Like, yeah, if I don't have a book in my hand and, uh, <laughs> and I'm in bed, I, I can't fall asleep. But I read a lot of... Uh, I read a lot of like sci-fi fantasy. Like I'll, once I'm done with one book, I'll instantly go to the store and pick up another. But mm. one I just finished was, uh, is called the fifth season by NK Jemison. I think I, I'm probably butchering that name. Um, it's all, I'll look it's, it up and put it in the uh, show notes uh, for people to, to click on. Yeah. It's a man. It's, it's a great book. I, I really liked it. It's, um, it's basically about, um, uh, the fifth season is like a season that happens like every 500 to 900 years. And it's, uh, you follow like the, the story of this person who has like these uh, special abilities who can quell earth shakes and can control like the earth and has like a certain attachment with the earth. And they go through like an entire lifespan of reaching up to the fifth season. So it's like the fifth season is just about to begin again. The fifth season is like usually a cataclysmic event. And uh, it's up to this one person to help uh, stop that from happening. It's, it's the way I just really like the way it's written. And uh, I'm a big geek when it comes to like, you know, <laughs> special powers and, you know, uh, special abilities from a person. I think <laughs> it's, it's really cool, especially when it's an original story. It's not like right. uh, Marvel or DC based. No, definitely. Now, last question. How can people get in touch with you? I'm on Vimeo quite a bit. Behance. I'm on Behance quite a bit. Uh, just to search for my name on Vimeo or Behance. I'm on Instagram. Um, on there quite as much, but uh, I there pop my head in every once in a while. <laughs> and I also uh, have a website where I just like, you know, keep all my projects. I, I try to I keep it up to date pretty well with like all the stuff I've been working on, like what I can and can't post. And uh, yeah, that's a Vimeo Behance uh, website and uh, Instagram. All right. And what's the website address? Betalkish.com. All right, Brian, thank you so much for your time, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. All right, I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Brian Takish. Brian, thank you again for your time. I appreciate it. All the links and resources mentioned in this episode are also available on our website at ukramedia.com slash 32. And while you're there, check out our course on After Effects, well over six hours of content, all for you. Check it out, ukramedia.com slash expressions. Don't forget to join our online mentoring group on Facebook. Simply go to ukramedia.com slash community. We have well over 2,000 people in this group. It is a great online resource for those of you trying to grow, and it's absolutely free. Thank you so much for joining me on the journey of this podcast. I appreciate you, and I look forward to serving you in the next episode of the Ukramedia Podcast. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.